0: What's up, Rockers? Welcome to another episode of the Talk Louder Podcast, where we geek out on all things rock and roll. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Leave us your likes and comments. You can also leave likes and comments on our Facebook page. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Instagram. Also, our website, talklouderpodcast.com, where you'll find links to our merch and all of our previous episodes. I'm Metal Dave Glessner, along with my co-host, Jason McMaster. And, Jason, if you don't mind, I'd like to dedicate today's episode to all of my San Antonio high school buddies who grew up in the mid to early 80s listening to 995 Kiss FM in San Antonio, where Joe, the godfather, Anthony turned us on to so many great bands, uh, including one that features our guest today, Mike Levine of Triumph, is on the Talk Louder podcast. By all means. What a- by all a,
1: means, you 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 need to dedicate this episode to your buddies
0: down there. Yeah, in San Antonio. I told Mike I feel like I'm t- I'm going to bat for the home team because yeah. San Antonio and Triumph were so interlocked, and there's so many yeah. memories.
1: Uh, yeah, well, I can was, relate. Like, I was uh, at the same point. Uh, I was, you know, 13 years old, going to my earliest concerts, and Triumph was on the bill. And, uh, I wore a Mike Levine bass pick around my neck, uh, yeah. for a while. And I got to joke with Mike about that. He was pretty much, we were off, we were off cameras. So we weren't recording and he, and he was like, why the hell would you want to do that? You know, kind of a thing. It was funny. <laughs> uh, he was, he was a great, uh, by the way, he was really great. Yeah. Uh, talking to him today was awesome on our, uh, as a Beavis and Butthead. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, but he was he was awesome. Yes. Um, but yeah, of course. You know, just to just to relive it for a second, I saw the local networks uh, in Corpus Christi, where I grew up, would play concert commercials triumph that yeah. corpus christi city coliseum rah, yep. rock and roll machine <sighs> fire and shit and my little yeah. brain is going what yeah. i gotta what yeah. you know i have to find a way to go to the concert and so that's part of my like you were saying with your friends in san antonio and 995 kiss i didn't Really, ha- we didn't have the radio. We had C one o one down there, and I know they played Triumph, but it was probably after. It was due. It was because, you know, th- the rock and roll radio down there was just really mirroring what ninety nine five was doing. It's no yeah. secret.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the late '70s through the mid '80s. I mean, Triumph was all over 99.5 Kiss FM. Thanks in large part to Joe Anthony and his partner Lou Roney. Uh, Got to give credit to Lou Roney. Yeah. Um, but uh, my friends and I. I mean, the list of songs: Magic Power, Rock and Roll Machine, The Blinding Light Show, Fight the Good Fight, The Lights Go When the Lights Go Down uh say goodbye uh lay it on the line i mean it just goes on and on and uh if you were growing up in san antonio in the 80s and you were a teenager those songs were a part of your soundtrack to be
1: clear it would have been the 70s for me yeah this would have been late 70s this would have been about 77 or 78 for me because you're old that's right that's right (laughs) So it was, uh, it was rock and roll machine. And then it was, uh, you know, the first Van Halen and the first Boston, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Around the time that I'm talking about. So
0: yeah. i exactly. I'm old. Ingrained, forever. Ingrained yeah. forever. That's right. Yeah. Well, we have Mike with us today because we're talking about the 40th anniversary of the us festival. Uh, of course, triumph was a part of that amazing lineup on heavy metal day, May 29th, 1983 the uh, recording was captured. It is out on a double album, and that's why we've got Mike with us today to talk about it. Mike Levine of Triumph on the Talk Louder podcast.
2: Yo. Hey, Dave.
0: Thanks so much for joining us, man. Um I want to say before we get started, uh, as someone who grew up in San Antonio listening to 99.5 KISS FM and Joe the Godfather, Anthony Triumph was a huge part of the soundtrack of my youth. And I speak for all of my high school friends when I say thank you for joining us today.
2: Hey, man. My pleasure. I'll tell you what. Um, Joe is one hell of a guy. I'll, tell you, I'll give you that. And his, his partner in crime, Lou Rody. Yep. Yeah.
0: Nope. Uh-huh. yeah. What can you tell us about your history with San Antonio? Um, you guys are from Canada, of course, and you're more than a thousand miles away at a, in a day and age before the Internet. So getting radio play, I mean, it was all word of mouth and, and Joe Anthony and Lou Roney uh, helped you get a stronghold in a city, Alamo City, that's more than a thousand miles away from your home base. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, it's it's one of those weird, freaky kind of who knows situations, right? (laughs) Um, That was our first album, Tri's first album. It was out in Canada. No American release. And um, one of the guys, there's a debate whether who actually sent a copy of that album to Kiss. So um, there was two different... Billboard course, Billboard magazine correspondence in Toronto. And I, I got mixed up. One was David Farrell, one was Larry LeBlanc, one was Larry Bellows. They're all different guys all the time. But um, some one of them, and they all said they set the record, but one of them <laughs> sent the triumph record down there. So he created some Canada because Kiss was playing Rush, right? Already, Rush was on their third album by that, stuff like that. Right, <clears throat> so I think uh, the way the story goes, that they, they put it on and went, "Wow, this is really cool," and then they started playing the, like the nine minute blinding Lights show at <laughs> yes, and, and got really great phones on so uh, the album started, record company started shipping product down into south to South Texas, so it was a spread over the Corpus of Manhattanland Boston and um. They sold a whole shitload of records. Uh, yeah. And so there we are in San Antonio going, you know, it's, it's a, no Airplane anywhere else, obviously, at that point. But it kind of showed you that, you know, Airplane could sell records in America, hey? And, and the way it developed into a gig for us, like our first real major kind of show in the United States
1: yeah yeah it created market
2: yeah that's it yeah. it really did so so if, I was, know, Fair Play, it certainly helped you sell a lot of concert tickets
1: yeah dave yeah. i was i was chatting yeah. with uh with mike before you got here and uh revealed i was just south of san antonio in in corpus uh, a few hours south and uh Dave, I don't know if you know this, but I was telling Mike my story about me and my friends went and saw Triumph. A friend of mine got some picks and he gave me one and it was a Mike Levine pick. And I proceeded to punch a hole in it and wear it around my neck for a couple of years. (laughs) nice and he he agreed with me as to we we had a laugh about why uh why I would want to do that i don't know if uh, d- that was a good idea or not and and, uh, and and i got a good laugh out of mike but but here's the deal back to to uh kiss fm you know 99.5 in san antonio uh basically introducing a, a lot of bands but uh right. triumph uh, is I think that bled all the way down south. It, it sort of started a sort of mushroom cloud for Triumph as well as other bands. Yeah. Uh, but I was in Corpus Christi middle of the day uh, watching, uh, you know, local network TV and I believe it was Stone City Attractions mm-hmm. which would promote Triumph as well as others down, uh, down that our, our way central texas south texas and um i would see commercials you know rock and roll machine and fire and my young brain was exploding onto the tv going i've got to see this yeah Uh, i have i am going to all of a sudden take me to triumph show take me uh destroy my brain please and uh i have triumph to thank for the brain cell i have left yeah.
0: So well, I'll say as in San Antonio, the blinding light show was as popular as stairway to heaven. I mean, it was all over the radio and it was a gigantic monster radio hit and it was an Epic song. Yeah. It was our stairway to heaven. And I almost felt like triumph, you know, even though you're from Canada, they were almost like our local boys done good. They were our local heroes. They were our band, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> And uh, well, so Stone City and KISS
1: Stone City and Kiss started this wave and everybody started hearing about it. I and I believe Stone City was the reason Corpus Christi got bands like Triumph. Yeah. And you know yeah, there's two
2: promoters. There, there was Jack Orban at Stone City and uh, and Joe Miller at Jam production.
1: That's exactly yeah. right. That's yeah. exactly and right. The
2: show was the one, our first concert in, in San Antonio, down that area in San Antonio. Oh, okay. Which was, um, uh, it was lecture, supposed to be Sammy Hagar uh, headlining and um, to do to, to, to the Runaways, uh, wow, cool. and then Yesterday and Today.
1: Nice. Mm-hmm.
2: Sammy got an offer to, to open for kiss at Madison Square Gardens. So he bailed on the show. Uh-huh. And you know, they sold a couple of thousand tickets at that point. We get a call from from Joe, the, the, the Troika, Joe Miller, Joe Anthony, and Lou Rodney saying, Hey, can you guys come down and and headline the show here? Well, how many this is the municipal auditorium? But it was like I'm going to say 5,800 or 6,200 seats. So it was a big, big building. Yeah. And we had real wheels. We were going like, you know, I don't think so. We can't do that. <laughs> we can't possibly execute that. Um, but then we decided, oh, let's just go through it. So we played in Buffalo like the night before, I think and then flew the essential goods down to San Antonio, but we had rental care there, right? But wow. half of it gig work when we got there. It was like a, one of those things. But now we're, we're like shaking, physically shaking. We're, you know, we're like, like, what's going to happen? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't had, had the chance to really uh, get a good feel for anything other than, you know, okay, it's a gig and it's in a big building and it's sold out. Yeah. And it's not like a dollar ninety-eight to get in or something. It was a legitimate ticket. And well, like, we better be really good, I guess. You know? so. <laughs> we walked out on stage and the place went fucking ape shit, right? Yes. And we stood a lot and looked at each other, and went, Oh my God. Like, this is like okay, we're cool now. <laughs> we don't have we don't have a problem whatsoever yeah we rocked the place out i mean it was fantastic
0: well that was the first of many because you obviously had a long-running and still do have a long-running reputation in san antonio uh, Triumph is definitely in the heart and soul of San Antonio rockers for generations, and uh, I almost feel like I'm going to bat for the home team today. So thanks for being with
1: us. Yeah, you know, Dave, <laughs> Triumph is for... big. Triumph is big in other markets too, Dave. I know,
0: I yeah. know, but but I I grew up in San Antonio. In San Antonio, they are big in other markets, but I will say, and Mike can correct me if I'm wrong, I would venture to say that one of the biggest early markets in North America was San Antonio and for sure. And from there it spread.
1: Yeah. That's Uh, what I meant by putting the, and and like Mike said, it's, it's all about Joe and Lou and, and Jack Orban at stone city and, and jam productions that, you know, I want to say jam was, was out of Austin, which is only an hour from San Antonio. So that, that explosion, uh, is important to you and close to our hearts for sure yeah yeah thanks for indulging us
0: on memory lane mike let's talk about the business at hand you are here to commemorate the 40th anniversary of the us festival which uh blows my mind march or may 29th 1983 40 years ago you performed at the us festival on heavy metal day in san bernardino california in front of about 300,000 fans uh, the lineup, of course, is legendary. Van Halen, Scorpions, Triumph, Judas Priest, uh, Ozzy Osbourne, two bands that were relatively unknown at the time that went on to be big, Motley Crue, Quiet Riot. Uh, can you believe it's been 40 years ago?
2: Uh, no. One <laughs> was a very simple word, no. Yeah. Um, although it was kind of all kind of a blur, that whole time frame. Because we were, you know, we were hotter than a pistol as a band. We were selling out everywhere. But the day before we played, um, uh, we played with ZZ at the uh, Tangerine Ball in Orlando. Wow! So we had to fly across the country. Yeah. Get a chopper from the from LAX to San Bernardino to the to the motel where where everybody was staying, and. Um, uh, and then go play on again, rented gear. You know, it's like <laughs> rock guitars. I think that was about it. You know, like, like to have a drum, scapegoat, you know, set a set of drums over. Uh, so we had to get an extra drum roadie, and we had extra guitar roadies, and I, because they couldn't make the flights. And we were scared shitless because there was only one flight that would get us at time. And it was, like, I think it was Delta, or I can't remember the airline now, but it was one flight, and we left the stage. We had to change slots with, um, uh, with Savvy, Savvy Hagar, but um, ZZ Top was a headliner. Uh, we were next, Savvy was after us. <laughs> so well in advance, we knew we were going to do the S Festival, and we knew the timing and all that. So we swapped places with Savvy so we could play earlier. And we went so right from could, the stage. So you
1: could get to the airport?
2: Right from the stage, yeah. Uh, stage changed from stage clothes into regular clothes and the level. Made the plane. You know, you didn't have security and all the bullshit. You could get there 10 minutes before and you could make it. Yeah, <laughs> and so we made it there, and uh, it was like, okay, here we go. We're flying across the country. We're gonna go play the thing for Steve Wozniak. You know, we <laughs> with a bunch of heavyweight fans, You know, all the all the big boys. You know, this is the this is the major leagues, fellas. it's, uh, it's the American League East, so to speak. The West, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so I, I'm, I'm just kind of, I mean, reminiscing and hearing Dave go through the, uh, mega list of bands that played, um, other than Ozzy, uh, I'm not thinking of any other band that's not from the area, California, right? Ozzy, you, you guys, Canada, uh, help me, Dave. We're Scorpions, Germany. Scorpions, Germany. Triumph, right. Canada. You pretty
2: guys were British. Rep-
1: yeah. So you were representing for sure. You guys had your hockey jerseys on. You guys were. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, and,
2: and I, didn't, I didn't wear my hockey jersey. He's still yet. wearing his hockey yeah, jersey. You're, wore, you're still wearing it 40. I wear, wear a uh, University of Southern California t shirt. For, that's oh, right Oh, you I'm did right.
1: at the gig I that's right USC, yeah. it that's was so right. hot
2: there man. I was just looking for something light to wear
1: well you made the locals happy though you, you <laughs> were like oh sure. check it out yeah man yeah. and that's that's a thing there's a lot of uh, a lot of bands support the local by putting on the local team uh, which has always been I thought really cool when bands do that but like you said it was just laundry day yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so you you said earlier that it was all
0: a blur but fortunately it was captured and that's one of the reasons we're here today to talk to you uh you you're, you're putting out a double live album it's already out it's basically a double album of your performance at the us festival in 1983 it's a double album with a beautiful gatefold uh, lots of never before seen pictures uh, I think there's only 750 copies being printed. You can buy it at the official triumphmerch.com website. When you're putting that album together as sort of a retrospect and looking back in those times, what memories come rushing back to you?
2: Um, oh, you know, <laughs> I guess all that because we have to, you know, there's a couple of segments we have to kind of remix a bit because. Uh, there was, which I didn't remember, but to, during Rick's um, extended guitar solo, where he you know, shows off uh, how talented he is, uh, and he still is talented. Um, there was for the for the video, uh, with the DVD of it. There were like fan interviews <laughs> during the during the guitar solo with depth, and uh, uh, and there'd be fan interviews. <laughs> like three or four of them and I totally forgot about that and, and then when we put out the CD of that um, it was the same thing, there was interviews on it, I had no recollection of it, the mastering engineer called me and he said hey I'm cutting the parts for the vinyl he said what about this interview stuff and I went what interview stuff
0: <laughs> <laughs> bonus now, this is, to be clear, this is on the Live at the Us Festival CD DVD that came out a few years ago, not what we're talking about today. That's what right? we're talking
2: about, yeah. So, I go, well, we can't put that on. I reckon it should not have been on the CD either. It's stupid. Yeah. So, I go, okay, now we got to find the original multi-track of the... And we're, I don't care, you got to find it We do that, or we ended up that part and the solo down or something, but no, that could be on the file. Right. It was a mistake to put it on the CD, but it's not going to be on the file. And we are down at the last minute because, yeah, it's not really coming up until July because of uh, the backup of the plants. And now I'm late delivering the parts, you know, to the manufacturer and I'm going, oh, Jesus. God, i got to find, find the multi-tracks. i got to find the mix. i got to remix. i got to do whatever. Back in and in fact, I recut the locker for it. I'm going, oh, God, this is going to be crazy. In this guy, Chris Criarva, who manages the studio, was also uh, the master, master engineer there. He found the digital copy of the mixes of the, of the two multi-tracks, uh, was able to get rid of the 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 interviews, uh recon it, get it done all within like twenty-four hours. And I figured it was gonna for fucking week, you know. Wow. But got it all done, so they great. Um and off it works. I it's sent the at the pressing plant now waiting to be warmed up into test presses. Can From
1: you the, tell uh, us can you tell us about um I mean there was no it was all analog. So how or when, rather, uh, tell us the pr- a little bit of the process, if you if you know um, how they tracked it live at the show, and then you know years later, of course, did came to digitize the multitrack.
2: Uh, so there was a, a basically a recording truck there, which would have been this sort of kind of truck that. that um, the Westwood run shows or the sure. King Biscuit Flower Hour or yeah. whatever, right? Uh, Running a uh,
1: snake, they ran a snake out of the truck and re- had recording tape machines in the truck,
2: right? Which, yeah, which just, is
1: that concept yeah. is amazing when you think about. But it happened all the time. I mean, that's how Westwood won and King Biscuit, and that's how all those shows were produced anyway. Is they,
2: right? Yeah, some yes, yeah, they would
1: just sound check. And then hit record and, you know, they were lucky if they were able to fix and mix later on because it was analog and if they were able to sound check.
2: Well, even a lot of it was, not was not even recorded multi-track. It was just recorded, you know, quarter track, right? Stereo. That was yeah, it.
1: Yeah. Two. So, well, that's a two track left and right.
2: That yep. was it. Yeah. A lot of them. And then they got, you know, they grew up in a multi-16 track and then it yep. was 24th.
1: So you okay. know what that means for listeners here on Talk Louder Podcast? Back then you had to be good. <laughs> <laughs> your band had to be good. That's <laughs> because true. live is yeah. live. Two track yeah. is stereo. That's like hitting record on your phone and holding it up. That's that's exactly what that is. It's just better quality because you had a sound check and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So yeah, you, you guys are from the era where your band had to kick ass. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yes. don't, wear, don't wear the to you know, the emperor's good to have the phone's on. you
1: know? <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> but you guys, now now Triumph uh, was known uh, for your light show. And on that particular day, you played in the daylight. So how how strange was that for you? Because uh, that that's unusual for you guys at that point. Your light show was a big part of your show. And basically, you're out under the sun playing in front of all these people. Uh was that for you?
2: Well you know, there was a dozen lights on stage. That wasn't so bad. I <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. had to put up some lights just for the TV stuff for the cameras and all that shit, right? So but uh well we did the point is I guess we use the the lighting and the uh, special effects of the fire alarm and all that. Um to enhance the music, it wasn't what a lot of people would call gratuitous pyro, right? Right. No. Uh, but, as Gil says, you know, pyro is a god given right for a rock band. You know? So, uh, uh, but we didn't use any of that stuff, and we, we were not afraid of it at all. You know, it didn't bother us because you know we played really good. You know, we 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 were a very good band, live. So. Um, yeah, there were certain cues that didn't, wouldn't really work well without, you know, a flashlight going off or a laser happening or whatever. So we tried to just work our way through those and hey, you could just go up there and have fun. It was really that's That was our kind of bon show. But flying into that show with a helicopter over the crowd, it was like flying over a city. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was so big. The crowd seemed like forever, and then when you got on the stage, the crowd seemed endless. You couldn't see the, the end of the crowd, right? It just yeah. was forever. And so wow. it, was a, it was kind of freaky, and so it had its own, own issues. The, the biggest issue was, uh, speaking of recording trucks, uh, this, uh, their performance uh, was missing one song, that somebody in the truck forgot to hit the red button. Uh-oh.
0: <laughs> Too much yeah. thinking, or is that right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: do you recall yeah. what song is missing? Too much yeah. thinking. Too much, Too much thinking. thinking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and a fan brought that up, uh, you know, in a, in a note to us, and and I I totally forgot again about that. I thought, like, oh, that's impossible. Did we play that? You know, <laughs> it would have been on the tape, and then the, you know the memories start coming back. Hey, where does that go? You know, where we got the tape. Well oh, shit, we gotta start with Allied Forces, which was solid too. when we go back to the set list, right? So yeah. it's just you know we we had visual but no audio.
1: So how, long, how, how <laughs> long is the was the set nine songs? And it's a two part, two part question. So fully nine songs. Yeah. Ten, ten songs with too much thinking?
2: Yeah, it would have been ten.
1: Yeah. Okay, so ten, ten songs. That's roughly, I mean, if you're doing it right with the guitar solo and such, that could be, what, 50 minutes? I think the program
2: length is 58 minutes, something okay. like that. Yeah. There are both right now.
1: Okay, so, so this, uh, this celebratory release of Triumph Live at the US Festival, 1983, um, has the nine songs, and it's a double album. And yeah, it's 31.
2: Couldn't
1: want to put more than 18 to 20 minutes to sign on. Right, yeah. right. So just for just for ner- the nerd alert, just for listeners who are nerds, you can only officially put about 22 minutes, slightly less than to be safe, 22 minutes per side on a vinyl record. So if it's 18 minutes per side, that's, that's safety. You got some safety zone. You can... You can be mean to that vinyl, and uh, you, you can't hurt it all, just by what you're digitizing for it. So, yeah. um, how has the response been on this release? And do you think it's going to sell out? How many copies, Dave? How many copies?
0: 750. And I will say anyone that's listening to this podcast, if you're interested in this, you need to make you need to jump on it because I went to the website before we got on the call Uh-oh. today with Mike. And a lot of the colored vinyl is apparently already sold out, ah. uh, but there are copies left. And just to Jason's point, a minute ago, it's a double album, but only three sides are music. The fourth side is sort of an etched uh Souvenir, if you will, of That's the right. uh, the triumph. Uh, I don't know. Is it an eagle? The the yeah, mascot.
2: yeah Eagle logo.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that if it's going fast, and you guys may have to print more because seven hundred and fifty copies looks like it's uh, disappearing
2: when, when you say you're going to do something and make it limited, then I say you keep it limited. Well, you know when what the profit once it's pressed, there may be a few more because they are always overrun. You know, yeah. they sometimes the last vinyl week that they overran by like ten percent. So, um, you know, there could be another, but there won't be. Uh, there won't be any colored vinyl. Uh, it'll just be black. Right. Yeah, I think yeah the red red is sold out. I was told, and the blue I think is just about sold out.
0: Yes, I think so. Uh, We should also mention that on May 25th on the official Triumph YouTube channel, you guys, all three members of the band, uh, you, Rick and Gil, are going to do a live chat with your fans to sort of commemorate this release so uh, people can join that live chat and ask you guys questions, uh, which is a really cool thing. May 25th on the official uh, Triumph YouTube channel, it's called uh, Triumph Allied Forces. You can look for it on YouTube and ask uh, Mike and Gil and uh, and Rick questions that we're skipping today in the interest of time. But uh, that should be a that should be a fun experience for all of your fans. I wanted to ask you, um, the US Festival was 1983. It's the decade of decadence. And so backstage, you have David Lee Roth, Ozzy Osbourne, Motley Crue, Quiet Riot, uh, you have Rob Halford, who's three years away from sobriety, and you guys kind of always had a reputation of either being pretty squeaky clean or else you just hid your demons very well. How much debauchery is going on backstage at the US Festival in 83?
2: It wasn't much, you know, like everybody had their own campgrounds. So, so like, um, in, in, in the order and the size based on their billing. <laughs> so, <okay>. I see. <laughs> Halen had the devil's playground. Um, <laughs> you know, The, the had uh, had uh, relatively safe same size kind of areas. we did, and it went on down you know, there. There's like a turning, a, you know, a turning motorhome, and then a, a, a motorhome to hang out, mm-hmm. and security guards at your gate, and you won't go across the gate. And so, nobody really interfaced much backstage,
0: right? You know, did you get was, it- did you a few, get a chance to watch the other bands?
2: I um, I watched Priest for about five minutes because I wanted to see how long they could play at the levers and not pass out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like a sport. <laughs> yeah, it is.
2: And, oh, and they started off great. I went, you know what? Nothing's going to stop these guys. they play if They're coming out on high water oh, and yeah. dust, but it won't matter. They're, oh, yeah. they're going to be fine.
1: Yeah. yeah, it so wasn't real leather. It wasn't real leather anyway. It was that polyester <laughs> stuff. So.
0: Van Van Halen on that day uh, earned the biggest paycheck to date for a single performance. It was like one point five million dollars to perform at the U.S. Festival that day. Uh, do you remember what you guys got paid?
2: Uh, we didn't get one. Van Halen didn't get one point five. They got a bill. Okay, a million. They got a billion. Okay. And, uh, and and David Dave he didn't help brag about it. But there was a, a big press tent. Dave did I think nineteen press conferences because he couldn't yeah. keep his mouth shut. Wow. <laughs> 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 know, there was one question because my wife, was a journalist, was with came out for the show, and she was uh, hanging around the press tent. <laughs> and when Dave came out, it's it's just but he got a question like, well. How do you spell cool or relief? He says, how about a million (laughs) dollars?
0: Typical Mm -hmm. Dave.
2: Yeah. Yep. (laughs) But yeah, I saw saw Van Halen for the first 20 minutes or so. They were unbelievably hot. You know, just killing.
1: And then Dave
2: started to talk. And then Dave kept talking. (laughs) Dave didn't stop talking. Whoops. And he kept talking. Yeah. And after about 20 minutes of that, I looked at my wife. I said, Rosie, let's get on a helicopter and go back to the hotel.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it
0: safe to say that was the largest crowd you've ever played in front of?
2: Absolutely. Before, though, we've we played, uh, there was a, a, a motor uh, racetrack just outside Toronto here called uh, O and uh, there was a show, a big show there called. Uh, I can't remember the name of the show, but mm-hmm. anyway, we were stupid enough to agree to headline. It was a mishmash of bands. Yeah. Now this was 1977, I'm going to say, or early '78. Mm-hmm. But the commoners were at it, and um, God knows who else. It was like just a, it couldn't be a flycatcher. You know, I can't remember again all that. I think the Villa Fudge was out. Of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we you know, because we were headliner, which was really stupid, I'd never be the last act by an air show. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, so you learn your lessons as you go through your your musical career in a bit. And, oh, yeah. and that was about the worst slot you'll ever ever play. <laughs> because shows always run late. People are burned out by the time they you, you, you come on stage.
1: Drunk, passed <laughs> out, tired, yep. Ah,
2: drunk, stoned, high, passed out, whatever, yeah. got home, enough, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> first act in darkness, my friend, first act in darkness, that's where you want to be always. Yeah. I don't, for sure.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, did you say the first act in darkness?
2: Yeah.
0: Wow. Like I like that. Yeah. Like that. yeah that's that's because
2: you know, it's like no one else is playing with light, or, or, any decent effects, and All right. the crowd's alert. It's dark, you know. It's like you come out, and you can kill at that yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Second yeah. act in darkness must not be. Last act in darkness, or when the sun's coming up, is is death. <laughs> yeah. It's the death.
0: <laughs> I have a an off the wall question for you, and I I wanted to see if if I read this right. I feel like I read somewhere that at one point, a long, long time ago. You were roommates with an unknown Alanis Morissette. Is that correct?
2: So, uh, one of my best friends, uh, his name is John Alexander, he was worked at MCA Records here in Canada, and he had signed Alanis to a record deal. She was, I don't know, 14. Wow. So, she used to come to Toronto and stay at his place. And John and I, out, so I got the door when she was like a kid, you know, we'd sit around and talk and talk about the business and what she should do and all that. So she was a good friend. And then John, because he signed her, um, uh, got, moved to LA and, and went to work for, for, we're still MCA, yeah, publishing, publishing side, not the record side. <coughs> And if this FCA you know refused to refuse to sign her doing a record deal. So anyway, John had this beautiful apartment on the uh, on the uh, Santa Monica right up right by the water, And so I used to stay with him when I go out there. Which just so happened Alanis used to stay in his apartment too. So John had to go on the road, so Alanis and I was sharing the apartment. So that's kind of and that was while she was making the deal with them. So, you know, I'd answer the phone. I'd go, hello. I think there's a light in the Who's calling? That's my dog. Okay, hang on. I'll see if she's around.
0: Wow. 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 I thought I Uncle read Mike. That somewhere. I just wanted to confirm. Yeah.
1: Uncle Mike.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. So, um, I want to be respectful of your time. I know we've already kept you to the 30 minute mark. Uh, but I wanted to ask uh, in this day and time when we hear so much about farewell tours and never coming back and blah, 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 what is the status of triumph? Could we ever expect to see another live performance or a record from you guys?
2: Um, you know, never say never. I always say, but uh, you know, there's, I also say there's uh what do the Eagles call it? When hell is over <laughs> 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 that, 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 that may, that may happen. Uh, but, you know, we did that thing for the, for the film, for the documentary, we did the, uh, you know, we played three songs, yeah. and it was, it was murder, man, it was getting, getting in shape, it was fun to do, but uh, we hadn't planned on doing it, and they said, you know what, the fans are coming, it's for the film, like, we gotta, we gotta plan so we got together and started dashing around, and, First few rehearsals, but, ah, maybe this wasn't such a good idea after all. <laughs> but then, then we found a groove, and it was starting to get to be fun. Okay, yeah, we could rearrange this, let's do this. But we're all feeling pretty pretty sure of ourselves, so to speak. And we played pretty good you know, for, the, uh, for that. However, the level of... You know how they say Big Jagger runs five miles a day? Yeah. Stay in shape. I can understand why, because it's like exhausting. The three socks, we were, all three of us are bathed in sweat. We yeah. trusted yeah. we need oxygen to, to try right. and breathe. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, unless it was some very special occasion y kind of thing, uh, I doubt it very much. Yeah, yeah. Now we're at the stage now, you know. Rick uh, could sing, you know. He could, he maybe, could get within three notes of the high ones. You know, and, and that's not good enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, his yeah. highs are pretty darn
1: high.
2: Yeah, yeah. They're, well, you know, when you get to high to a high C above me, it's like, <laughs> yeah,
1: that's almost, that's a squeak. It's almost a squeak.
2: It is. It's like it's like we got this. There's this project going on in L.A. that they just sent me a. Uh, a rough of a potential jacket that's um, a tribute record with oh, a lot of great people on it. That my Clink, uh, who is a uh, producer yeah. extraordinaire, is putting together for the record company. And that's cool. kind of. Uh, oh,
1: wow. Oh, I love at it. it.
2: The, the guys that are on it, you got Sebastian Bach, Joey Belladonna, who put your yeah. anthrax on a triumph, you know, a triumph tribute record. Sure.
0: Wow.
2: Uh, Tyler Connolly, Larry Cowan. <laughs> Jeff Keefe, Jason Chef, Dee Steiner, Mickey Thomas, Nancy Wilson. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. So that's wow. uh he's, I talked to Mike the other day, like we're not involved in it at all. You know, it's like we yeah. just go rearrange the songs, but you know, do whatever take you on on them, don't care. It's like we've got nothing to do with it. Yeah. So as far as we're concerned, this is a Cape You know, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs>
0: Well, the Without fact me. that that the fact that that roster of people is showing up to pay tribute to Triumph says all you need to know, right there. Yeah, yeah. that must yeah. feel great. Yeah. yeah,
2: and the players, you know, the play, you know, it's like it's just the, the best players are on it. Yes, um, yeah, you know, it's like my bio. I think they have some of them. Some of my heroes got so, amazing. The band, I guess, is really good. I, I'm dying to hear something. like starting the mix this week, so. Hopefully, this will come out late fall, maybe.
0: Wow. All right. Something else to look forward know. to. But
2: it's like we're really busy, and I can't believe it. I should be retired and, you know, growing pot in my garden or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. But
0: that you're in busy. demand. You're yeah. in demand, and that's a good Great. thing.
2: That's yeah, a it's, good thing. It's, it's kind of fun, you know, and I enjoy talking to, to – to, uh, it's, it's nice to gab, you know. It, it gives you the, the – um, the good feelings, you know, you remember all the good times that you had and, and there's always, always something that comes up head. I forgot all about that. Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we've enjoyed Gavin with you and, uh, and, and we certainly appreciate all the music you've given us, all the memories that go along with that music over the years. Um, I want people to remember to uh, tune in on May 25th to the official Triumph YouTube channel. You can talk to Mike, Rick, and Gil yourself. You can chat with them, ask them questions. Uh, The Live at the Us Festival 83 record is out now. Go to officialtriumphmerch.com to uh, order your copy. And uh, Mike, we really appreciate you being with us today. Uh, Again, thanks for all the memories. On behalf of my co-host, Jason McMaster, I'm Metal Dave Glessner, with a big thanks to our special guest today, Mike Levine of Triumph on the Talk Louder podcast.
2: Pleasure's all mine. Thanks, guys. It was a blast.